Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. It is a, another episode of the Jones Report postgame report where we look back at the weekend that was in the National Football League. And a reminder, as always, to subscribe to the Jones Report on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all, and we would certainly appreciate that if you do so. New episodes out each and every Monday and Thursday of the Jones Report. Hope you had a great Christmas holiday as you're getting ready for the New Year's Day uh, celebration here in just a couple days. And uh, we had a fantastic week in the NFL. We'll uh, talk about the Chiefs in just a bit, also go around the rest of the league. But first, as we always do to start off these Monday shows, is ask the million-dollar question, what did we learn from over the weekend? And the thing that I learned from this weekend is that the MVP is not Patrick Mahomes. It is Aaron Rodgers. And this pains me to say that it's not Patrick Mahomes, but let's just be honest there. Aaron Rodgers, the numbers are better. He has a whole lot to, whole lot less to work with there in uh, Green Bay, um, it's got to go to Aaron Rodgers. He was phenomenal on Sunday night against the Tennessee Titans, and he's had those performances this year where you look at that roster, the guys he's playing with alongside, you know, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and company, there's not much there. You look at what Patrick Mahomes has to work with, and you see there's Tyreek Hill, there's Travis Kelsey, Clyde edwards Lair. Uh, you know, Sammy Watkins, a number of guys on that roster, it, it just does not add up to what Green Bay, what, what uh, Aaron Rodgers had to deal with. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, this was a guy that the Packers uh, clearly don't believe is their future. Uh, Jordan Love, they used that first-round draft pick on. And yet we've seen maybe the best season of Aaron Rodgers' career at this point. Instead of using the first-round pick to get Aaron Rodgers some help, they draft his replacement, and Aaron Rodgers has just been phenomenal this year. First place in the NFC, it looks like, with a win against the Bears this weekend, they'll likely be the number one seed. Credit to Aaron Rodgers. And you know, not only are the numbers better for Aaron Rodgers when it comes to touchdowns and yards and passer rating, and interceptions for Rodgers as opposed to Mahomes. The MVP, by definition, is the most valuable player. And if we want to talk about value, going back to the talent comparison of Kansas City versus Green Bay, there's just a lot more that Patrick Mahomes has to work with. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been more valuable to Green Bay this year than Patrick Mahomes has been to Kansas City. Now, let me say this. I'm not taking away anything from what Patrick Mahomes has done this year. He has had an incredible season in 2020, 14-1. The Chiefs have been phenomenal this year, but Aaron Rodgers has been just a little bit better, and that's okay. It's not the end of the world if Patrick Mahomes doesn't win the MVP. There's a, be- there's a bigger prize the Chiefs are chasing this season than the MVP award. So... Uh, that's what I learned. This MVP race is uh, pretty much done 
As we don't expect Patrick Mahomes to play this next week, Aaron Rodgers probably going to play on Sunday to uh, try to lock out home field for Green Bay. And this looks like his MVP uh, to lose at this point. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, well-deserved. And, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he'll have plenty of MVPs in his future. But this one is going to go to Aaron Rodgers. That's what I learned this weekend is uh, that MVP race is done with. With that being said, let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs on today's show. The Chiefs pick up a 17-14 win over the Atlanta Falcons. Chiefs are now 14-1 on the season. Falcons fall to 4-11. This was not a pretty game for the Chiefs. And you've heard the experts say, you know, for the last weeks, man, I'm concerned about the Chiefs. They're playing down to their competition. And, you know, what does that mean for when it comes playoff time that they're winning these close games? Well, what have I told you for the response to the so-called experts the last few weeks? That good teams find ways to win. That um, the difference with this team compared to the Chiefs as opposed to others is that, okay, sure, they might not be playing their best, but they're still finding ways to win in these close games when they're not playing their best. And that's the difference between the elite and the the also-rans in the National Football League. Look, everybody's got talent. What's the saying? Any given Sunday? And I think the Chiefs have seen their fair share of close games this year, but you find ways to win. And I think that's the story with the Chiefs that, okay, sure, it wasn't pretty. Uh, The offense didn't put up 30 points. Patrick was a little bit off of some sorts. But they still held Atlanta to 14. Matt Ryan did Matt Ryan things and found ways to, you know, choke this one away. And, And Kansas City ultimately comes up with the win. That's fine. That is perfectly okay. And we're so used to, we expect that because the Chiefs have all these weapons that they should be putting up 40 points every game. And that's just not realistic in the National Football League. That's not how this works. It's okay if the Chiefs don't do that every time. They found a way to win and ultimately all that matters. Patrick Mahomes, 278 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 24 of 44. Not Mahomes' best day. Mahomes was just off of some sorts. I don't know what he was seeing out there. You know, Atlanta applied some pressure of sorts at times, but uh, he didn't have Clyde edwards Lair there uh, to help him in the run game. Um, but, you know, edwards Lair is a, is a rookie anyway. This is not a, It shouldn't be a huge deal not having Clyde there. But Patrick was just a little bit off of some sorts. On Sunday, fortunately, Travis Kelsey had a terrific day with seven catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. And Travis Kelsey became the first tight end in NFL history to have 100 catches in a season twice. No tight end has ever done that. He also uh, added to his very impressive receiving yards total with a 98-yard receiving day. That put him at over 1,400 yards on the season, first in the National Football League. And that's not first among Titans. That's first in the entire league. Leading the league and receiving is Travis Kelsey from the tight end position. Having a heck of a year. And it's so funny that those folks out there were so quick to dismiss 
Travis Kelsey and anoint George Kittle as the best tight end in the league. And I have not seen Travis Kelsey slow down one bit. He's playing the best football of his career right now. Um, and, you know, at times when you're watching this game Sunday, you see that Travis Kelsey was left just wide open. That it, it didn't make sense what Atlanta was doing. Essentially, what, what happens is that these teams the Chiefs face are in a pick-your-poison scenario of sorts where, okay, are you going to cover Travis or are you going to cover Tyreek Hill? You're going to try to take one of the two away. And, you know, Tyreek played okay at four catches, 65 yards, not a bad day. But clearly Atlanta was focused on Tyreek Hill on trying to slow him down. Because there are times you're watching this game, you're saying, Travis is wide open. There's no one within five feet of him. And he was he was still finding himself. The ball was just gravitating towards Travis Kelsey. Um, and, and that's what he does so well. He finds the football, um, wherever it may be. Uh, Travis Kelsey finds a way to get to the football. That's what he did with a, a great day with seven catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. The offense just never found that rhythm of sorts. Yet 117 yards on the ground. Hardman had that 20-yard uh, rush. Uh, Daryl Williams had 10 carries, 46 yards. Le'Veon Bell had seven carries for 30 yards. Patrick Mahomes had a couple scrambles, three carries for 21 yards. But that offense just never found that rhythm of sorts. Um, now, let me say this. As I have said all season long when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, is there is something left in the tank. There is something that they are still not showing that this team all season has been playing at about 75 to 80% of what they're capable of. Andy Reid does not give one damn about if the Chiefs cover the spread or not. The Chiefs haven't covered the spread in like six weeks. Um, the closest that they did, it was uh, the Saints. They had a push. But Andy Reid doesn't care. That's not Andy Reid's job to cover the spread. It's to win football games, and they're still winning. Sure, they may not be covering, and that makes them degenerates upset of some sorts, but they're going to be fine. They still have something up their sleeves that they are holding back um, for these next few weeks here. And I'm very intrigued with the time that Andy Reid has. Because think about this. You play the Chargers this week, week 17 at home. Then you got the bye week, and it's going to be, what, two, three weeks before Patrick Mahomes and company takes the field. Um, We've seen when they've played better opponents this year, the Chiefs kind of unleash something that we hadn't seen before, something new, when they've played the upper echelon of teams this year. Now, whatever they have in that memory bank that they've been working on, and then two more weeks to just add to it. This is going to be a different football team when this postseason begins. Um, with this Chiefs team, you've seen them, we mentioned, hold back a little bit what they're capable of. Folks, I am not concerned one bit. In fact, I think we will see a different Kansas City Chiefs team in two weeks. This week against the Chargers, you get your your Chad Henney Hennessy out. Probably still going to compete with the Chargers, in all honesty. 
as they've been up and down at this point. We'll talk about that game later this week. But now you start to see the real Kansas City Chiefs step up, who they really are as they enter this home stretch. I am not concerned about this team. And I know a lot of people are, well, what, what does this really mean? What are they going to, uh, you know, they're, they're barely beating the Falcons and the Dolphins and some of these other teams. Relax, folks. Relax. There's still something there. And I got to tell you, one thing that made me optimistic about this Chiefs team on Sunday was the pass rush. Uh, Legereus Sneed at that cornerback spot. Uh, I, I know he was a fourth-round pick, but that's your number one corner on this team. He has been phenomenal this year. And the way that he can play pass coverage, he can get that pressure on blitzes, he was great on Sunday. That's your guy, Legereus Sneed is. I love what I saw from him and in particular, what he can do as a blitzing corner, that's fantastic. Okafor had his first solo sack of the season on Sunday. Frank Clark got involved. What have we been saying on this show for the last month, two months, that we need to see more Frank Clark? And you got it. And you got Chris Jones. Three of your four starting defensive linemen got pressure. And as much talk as there's there has been about the offense of, you know, hey, we need to see more and, you know, this team is holding back and, you know, are they playing teams too close and whatnot? It's getting this defense back to the form they're capable of that will do this team wonders that will mean more than anything. We started to see that Sunday, holding Matt Ryan in that offense at just 14 points. We saw that, you know what, this offensive line has struggled the last couple of months as they've been without Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher just came back a couple weeks ago and how that group is doing. Mitch is supposed to be back for the postseason. That's what we've been told that he should be fine, that those back issues, that he should be ready to go when it matters. So, while all the talk may be about what's this offense going to do, just letting that offensive line get healthy, letting the defense get back to the potential that they're capable of, those things, you know what you're getting out of the Chiefs' offense. They're going to put up a lot of points in the games that it matters. They're going to step up a bit. It's those other things that have got to come together for the Chiefs. That's what I'm looking at. The offense will be fine. Is the offensive line going to get healthy? Is the defensive line going to continue to play like they did against Miami and like they did against Atlanta? Those are the things you need to see from the Kansas City Chiefs. If there's something that you're wondering is going to cost them or hurt them. It's not the offense. Not the offensive skill positions. It would be if the offensive line is going to be healthy and if the defense can get that pass rush. And you know what? I have reason to think that those things are going to get better. Mitchell Schwartz coming back. What we saw from the defensive line against Atlanta. 
Everybody just take a chill pill for a second. Everybody slow down, slow your roll. It's all coming together. Everything's going to be okay. Just be patient, please. Um, Andy Reid's terrific off bye weeks, too. And you're essentially giving him two weeks to get ready? That's almost unfair. They're going to be fine. Now, their potential matchups... I said this on Thursday's show. I'd much rather play Miami or Indianapolis than I would Baltimore. I don't want to deal with Baltimore. That's not a knock on the Chiefs by any means, but just talent level-wise, Baltimore still is a team that's right up there with Buffalo and Kansas City and that group, that upper echelon. Talent-wise, they're up there. And they've played a lot better in the second half of the year. They're better than their record indicates. I think that everything points to the Chiefs should get to the Super Bowl again. But you want the easiest path you can. I don't want to deal with Baltimore. Give me one of those other teams. Give me Cleveland even before I'd face Baltimore. That's the team I don't want to face of those lower tier groups when it comes to that first round of the playoffs. But anyways, we'll move on. Let's look around the rest of the league. Saints with a big win against the Vikings on Christmas Day, 52-33. to Alvin Kamara, six touchdowns. Six touchdowns for Kamara. Just fantastic what he did. 155 yards on the ground. Emmanuel Sanders had four catches for 83 yards. Drew Brees still getting back to form of sorts. We saw him play horrible against the Chiefs two weeks ago, and they almost won that game. This past week, he throws two picks, and they still put up 52 points. New Orleans is interesting. I think New Orleans and Green Bay are the only ones that can win the NFC right now. And you think about with this New Orleans team, they're still playing really good, and they don't quite have their quarterback back yet. He is there in the physical sense but he hasn't been playing to what he's capable of yet. He's still getting healthier. Watch out for this New Orleans team. They're only going to get better week by week here down the stretch. Um, they're going to probably finish, you know, 11, you know, 12 and 4. Look out for the Saints. Uh, the Vikings have been a disaster this season. Cousins played fine, but that defense was just atrocious. I'm out on Mike Zimmer. I've been telling you this. I've been telling you this for a while. Sell the farm on uh, Mike Zimmer and the uh, the Vikings. What a mess that's been this year. They're 6-9. Kamara probably won a lot of fantasy championships for folks this week. If you somehow beat Alvin Kamara in your fantasy championship, more power to you. I don't know how you got it done, but what a week it was for the Saints with that victory. Bucks beat the Lions 47-7. Bucks now 10 and 5. Drew Brees, or uh, Tom Brady, rather. Four touchdowns in the first half. I tweeted out that gif of Tom when he thought it was fourth down when they'd already turned it over on downs against Chicago earlier this year. And Brady looked great. He was throwing the ball down the field. Um, he didn't hardly have to play in the second half because of how much the lead that they put up. What did we say about this Bucks team at the beginning of the season? The Bucks just had to get hot at the right time. That 
They have all these pieces, but with no OTAs, with none of the offseason stuff, everything meeting over Zoom, it was going to take time. That the Bucs were as talented as anybody in the NFC. But be patient. And since that bye week, the Bucs have looked really good. They're hitting their stride. They're getting Gronk involved at a high level again. He's playing like the Gronk of old. Evans has been good. They're figuring things out. Watch out for Tampa. I think New Orleans and Green Bay are the teams to beat. But my third team right now is Tampa Bay, even as a wild card team. Watch out for the Bucs. Brady and company, they're figuring something out there. The Dolphins beat the Raiders 26-25. Dolphins 10-5, Raiders are now 7-8. What a collapse by the Raiders the last you know, month or so. And, you know, hearing from John Gruden that he was still thinking about when he left too much time for Patrick Mahomes and how much space in his head that Patrick Mahomes has taken up was just hilarious to hear. Here's the thing, what I, I didn't like about this win for Miami. I know that they're 10-5 and five and they're having a great year. But what have we said about the Dolphins? They're not going anywhere. This team might win a playoff game. They're not going to the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl or anything like that. You are still a building team, a building franchise. And you have to let your young quarterback play through adversity, play through those hard times. You can't learn and grow how to handle tough situations if you don't deal with them head on. And, you know, I like Fitzmagic, but I have not liked the way that Brian Flores has handled things in Miami at all this year when it comes to his young quarterback in Tua. Um, benching Fitzpatrick after he played well through four games for Tua and then pulling him out twice this year for Fitzpatrick in relief duty. This isn't baseball. It doesn't work that way. You mess with your young quarterbacks. You mess with their heads doing that. And you potentially ruin them by doing that. I don't like that. I know that they won, but you got to let Tua play through those things. I don't think they're doing him any favors as far as his future goes by not letting him play through those situations. Didn't like it. They get the win nonetheless. 26-25, that win and making that decision was about that moment. It was not thinking about the future. It was about that day. And that's what concerns me with Flores. He's not thinking about Tua and his future. He's thinking about right now. Uh, 49ers with a win over the Cardinals. This one made no sense. Um, You know, the the Niners played a a third-string quarterback in C.J. Beathard. Which, you know, can anyone tell the difference between, you know, C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins? I mean, they're, they're pretty much the same guy, right? Um, you know, the Cardinals, you threw the ball 50 times with Kyler Murray. 50 times. How about running the football? Please? Anybody? What, what kind of play calling was that from Arizona? Made no sense. They fall 8-7. and seven. This is a game you have to win. You can't lose at home to San Francisco when you're trying to make the postseason. Made no sense. I will say for San Francisco, it's good to see George Kittle back out there. And Kittle was fantastic. Uh, here was a guy that you know people had counted out this season. 
and you know, and written him off and such. Great to see him come off of injury and play at a high level again. I liked what I saw from George Kittle. Steelers beat the Colts 28-24. Steelers were down big at halftime. 24-7. There was talk if Mason Rudolph should come in and take over at quarterback. And then the second half, Big Ben rattled off 21 unanswered. And they just found a way to win this game. Um, You know, ESPN, they do that FPI, the win probability. At one point, the Colts had a 95.5% chance of winning this game, according to FPI. That's how how confident things were. And and this could be the turning point in the season for the Steelers. Um, I was watching Sunday Countdown, and friend of the show, Diana Rossini, was doing this story on all the slogans that Mike Tomlin does. The standard is the standard. You know, we got to get back in the kitchen. You know, all these stupid cliches. And when they were down 24-7 and couldn't run the football and were trying to force the passing game, I was saying to myself, well, this is the new standard, I guess, for the Steelers. Um, because they're not playing to the standard that they were earlier in the year. But they found a way. They flipped a switch. Big Ben came alive throwing the football, getting it to Claypool. Got to get him more involved. He's your best receiver. Sorry, Juju. Claypool's that guy. Um, and they win the AFC North. This was big. This was a turning point for the Steelers. Because if you go into the playoffs losing four out of your last five or five in a row, whatever it may have been, you go in with no momentum. Now they have reason to believe that, you know what, we went through a tough stretch and now we've come out of it, that it's a week-to-week league. I like what I saw from Pittsburgh Sunday. Indy, on the other hand, you can't lose a game like that. This is a team I've been telling you to sell all season long. And they let this one slip away like that. Just no excuse for that to happen. You should never blow a lead to that magnitude. And now they might miss the playoffs because of it. And quite frankly, if they miss the playoffs because of that game, then good. They deserve to miss the playoffs then. You choked. You choked it away, you bastards. Um, I don't feel bad for you if you miss the playoffs because of that one. The Jets beat the Browns 23-16, and this game to me was kind of an outlier of sorts because the Browns were with half their top four receivers due to COVID. Who was Baker Mayfield supposed to get the football? I mean, their, their practice squad receivers were just dropping passes left and right. And the Jets loaded the box, held Cleveland to just 45 rushing yards, I mean, there wasn't really much Baker could do if he didn't have anyone to get the football to. And sure, you got your tight ends in Hooper and in Joku and such, but, you know, Cleveland at 10-5 and five now, you know, they got to win this week against Pittsburgh. I still like their chances this week against Pittsburgh. Um, but I, I wouldn't read too much into that with the circumstances. That one is one I let slide. If you're the Jets, you've won two straight now. Where was this all season? If you're a Jets fan, 
you know, you, you'll take a win. You'd probably rather have Trevor Lawrence, but what sucks about winning these two games late in the season is you're cleaning house after this year. There's nothing that just feels motivating that says this is going to turn around our season or something like that. There's nothing that you can really just take from here and think that everything's going to change of some sorts. So you won, sure, but it didn't really, it didn't benefit you at all. It hurt you in the draft. So Jets fans, uh, you win, but you're still like, eh, okay. Uh, How about the Bears getting the win over the Jags, 41-17? Trubisky with 265 yards, two touchdowns and interception. Uh, The Jags go with Mike Glennon to start because they wanted to do what they could to secure Trevor Lawrence there in Jacksonville. And uh, they Gardner Minshew, they thought, was too good to throw him out there. That They might actually win if he played. So they play uh, Glennon here. And Trubisky had a good performance. Trubisky's played a lot better since he's been benched. I'm going to predict that Mitch Trubisky's going to be back in Chicago next year. And if he's not back in Chicago... This league is so desperate for quarterbacks, and the way that he's played the last few weeks, Mitch Trubisky is going to be a starting quarterback in the National Football League somewhere next year. It's crazy to think that's the case, but credit to Mitch. He has played a lot better the last few weeks, playing the best football of his career right now. Uh, Credit where credit's due to Mitch Trubisky for finding a way. David Montgomery was good running the football. Allen Robinson was great receiving. Big-time win for the Bears. And now they're right back in the playoff hunt after Arizona lost. The Bears might find themselves in the playoffs. But Green Bay is in their way this week, too. So maybe not, but we'll see. Nonetheless, good win for the Bears there. The Ravens beat the Giants 27-13. Giants uh, fall to 5-10. and 10, Still alive for the division. They Yes, they could win the NFC East still. If a few things go their way this next week. Um, the Ravens, I said, I like the way this team's playing. They're playing better football now, uh, with Lamar and company. They're getting hot at the right time. Lamar had two touchdowns. Mark Andrews was good receiving the football. Um, don't sleep on Baltimore at 10 and five, um, as a wild card team, what they can do in this postseason. They got the talent. They've shown that Lamar yet to win a playoff game though. Uh, how about the Bengals beating the Texans 37 to 31? Deshaun Watson deserves better than what he's got there in Houston. Romeo Cornell will not be back, thankfully. They'll get a real head coach, not Romeo or Bill O'Brien or anything like that. And with the loss, they've secured a top-five pick, except they traded that pick for Larry McDunzel. So the Dolphins, this team that's very young, that's ahead of their timeline, you know, as a playoff team and everything, they're going to get a top-five pick. Man. It's a good time to be a Dolphin fan for that future and such. But nonetheless, um, Deshaun loses. They fall to 4-11. Cincinnati, back-to-back wins. Did it without Joe Burrow. Where did this come from? Did anyone think Cincinnati was going to do this without Joe Burrow? Um, Zach Taylor, he'll be back in Cincinnati. Uh, they have played a lot better than any of us expected without Joe. Brandon Allen, the former Arkansas quarterback, had nearly 400 yards in that game. 
Uh, the Chargers beat the Broncos 19-16. Justin Herbert, 21-33, 253 yards and a touchdown. Drew Locke threw two picks. Chargers' job is intriguing. Um, on the surface level of that you got high draft picks, a lot of cap space, a young quarterback, and some talent on that team, that looks like maybe the best job available of head coaching jobs because Anthony Lynn's not coming back. But then you remember, oh, this is the Chargers. This is the Chargers we're talking about here. Is that really that attractive of a job? Maybe not (laughs) as far as that goes. But nonetheless, Herbert makes that job more and more appealing with each performance. Um, How about the uh, Panthers beating the Washington football team? 20-13. Panthers at 5-10. Matt Rule's done a really good job in his first year. This was supposed to be a year where Carolina was not going to be anything. That all signs pointed to this team was going to tank of sorts and probably be a top three pick. Instead, Matt Rule's done a heck of a job gotten those guys to play for him. They've battled through injuries this year, not having Teddy for some of the year and McCaffrey and those guys, and they get their fifth win. They do it against this Washington team that started Dwayne Haskins. Haskins threw two picks, and he gets released after the game. And that's the interesting story here, is that this is crazy. That Washington, you know, has been without Alex Smith the last couple of weeks. They expect him to be back this week. Wasn't quite ready to go last week. And they're playing for a division title. And they just released... Their opening day starter, the former captain on this team. They just released last year's number 15 pick overall. Now, let me say this. There's a couple things on this Dwayne Haskins situation. One of those being, you know, all signs point to every, every indication shows how immature Dwayne Haskins is. Uh, especially going to this week of going to the strip club, not wearing a mask and getting caught and all that, you know, violating protocols and all that. Um, But I do not like the way Washington handled Dwayne Haskins for his time there as a whole. And I get it, you know, Ron Rivera, that wasn't his guy. That wasn't the guy he drafted. But he only played 16 games in Washington. 16 games, that's a full season before they let him go. You gotta give a guy at least two years as a full-time starter before you you can move on, in my opinion. I did not like the way that they handled Dwayne Haskins. And maybe Dwayne Haskins wasn't it. But the first time he got benched this year was after throwing for over 300 yards. No interceptions, no turnovers, might I add. You still got benched. So... You know, I, I wish for Dwayne Haskins. I, I hope that he gets another shot somewhere because uh, he deserved better than what happened in Washington. Yes, he's got some maturing and growing up to do, but I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. I think you can say that Washington mishandled Dwayne Haskins, but yet Dwayne Haskins was immature. I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. Um, I hope he gets another shot. We'll see. Um, but you hate it for him. Similar to Josh Rosen a couple of years ago with how that went down with Arizona and Miami. Rosen never got really a fair shake. Um, it's a cutthroat business. Tough league. And Haskins deserves better. 
nonetheless, though, Washington on Sunday night football against Philly, they can win the division with a 7-9 record. It's crazy. Credit to Ron Rivera, though. I don't like how he handled Haskins, but Rivera's done a good job with that Washington team this year uh, to be in this position when nobody thought they were going to be anything this year. Uh, the Cowboys get the win over the Eagles, 37-17. The Cowboys are still alive for the NFC East. How did this happen? Andy Dalton, three touchdowns, over 300 yards. Um, good day for the uh, the orange rifle. Andy Dalton. Zeke ran the ball well, 105 yards on the ground. Gallup was great receiving, 121 yards and two touchdowns. They got a three-headed monster there in that receiving court with Gallup and Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Um, get Dak back or whatever it may, may be, they got weapons on that Dallas offense. They just need help defensively and need help on that offensive line. Nonetheless, they have some they have some dudes there. Um Nice win for Dallas to move to 6-9 on the year. Um, Jalen Hurts, not great. Two interceptions, still over 300 yards passing, you know, close to 70 yards rushing. Hurts is still making the case, though, that he's the guy in Philly. You're a rookie quarterback. You're going to make mistakes. I'll, I'll live with the two interceptions. And, and Philly, you don't want to be in the playoffs anyway. Like this is not the end of the world. You're not missing that you're missing the postseason right now. Uh, Doug Peterson already going to be back. I think you got to ride with Jalen Hurts next season. He's your opening day starter. Uh, you know, one game with a couple turnovers shouldn't change that. He's the guy you got to ride with next year. Seahawks beat the Rams twenty to nine. The Rams, man, this team was looking like one of the best teams in the NFC just a couple weeks ago. What the hell happened with the Rams? That offense was MIA. You need to put him on a milk carton. Uh, what have I said about Jared Goff? I've said that he's a glorified game manager. And we saw more of that on Sunday with 230 yards and an interception. I mean, it was just awful. Seattle's defense is coming together. Jamal Adams and company, we said at the beginning of the year this Seattle defense was just terrible. And now they're starting to hit their stride a bit. Russell Wilson had a good game. Seahawks are 11-4 and four now. I don't think the Seahawks can win the NFC by any means. But nonetheless, they've shown some improvement, in particular in that defense. That offense needs some help. Seattle, I, I, I'm writing them off this year. The Rams, I've seen enough the last couple of weeks where I can write them off too. Super, the, the, the NFC champ is not coming out of the NFC West. But... Both these teams have bright futures next season and such. With the building blocks that are in place there, um, I'm already looking towards next season with both these teams. Uh, and then on Sunday Night Football last night, Packers beat the Titans. Told you at the top of the show, Aaron Rodgers is your MVP. Four touchdowns, 231 yards. He was just terrific. Titans, um, you know, Tannehill struggled throwing the football. He had two picks. Derrick Henry with 98 yards. Here's what concerns me about the Titans. Is that, yes, you have maybe the best running back in football and a good offensive line and all that. But what happens if you play from behind? Because it felt like that once the Packers went up a couple scores with Aaron Rodgers and company, that game was over. That he knew that Ryan Tannehill 
was not going to be able to lead this team back. They weren't going to move the ball quickly enough. I think that's the concern you look at with this Titans team going forward is they are going to, if, if they have to play from behind this postseason, they are going to struggle and be eliminated pretty quickly. Um, they have to get off to fast starts if this team's going to have a shot to be competitive and make a playoff run of some sorts. For the Packers, Rodgers is playing great. Some of the best football of his career. Uh, A.J. Dillon was really good running the football. Now you got a guy to go along uh, with Aaron Jones there. Devontae Adams has been maybe the best receiver in football this year. Your defense is coming together. Watch out. Green Bay, folks. Woo! Mama! That's a fun team. Look out for the Packers. So there you go. That's our look around the National Football League. Tonight, uh, Monday Night Football going to be the Bills and the Patriots. I don't see any reason why the Bills will not have a big night against this bad New England team. They're playing really good as of late. Josh Allen looks like uh, he's having a you know a Pro Bowl year of some sorts. They should be fine. Um, no college football talk about today as uh, we will wait till Thursday's show to uh, talk more about the playoff and such as we've talked about the last couple weeks. But uh, it should be exciting. We'll look forward to that there. As always, subscribe to the Jones Report, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. And uh, Twitter at Tyler Jones Live, at TJ Media Group, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all that stuff. You can follow us there. Jones underscore report on Instagram as well as Tyler Jones Live. And I appreciate you, the listener, for stopping by and joining us. Hope you had a great Christmas and uh, enjoy the next few days as we get ready for this new year. And we'll see you next time. So long, everybody. See you on Thursday.